Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. I am Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're live at the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase in suddenly snowy New York. And yet, I feel like a summer day. I feel like the sun is shining on me, perhaps for the first time, because Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. I'm telling you right now, Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. This has never felt as real as it feels right now, and it is a monumental day for pro football in general, and for the teams that are in pursuit of Rodgers, there is potential for it to be a day we never forget. So if you're just getting up and joining me here, uh, Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the, of the Packers, in a private session with beat reporters, and now publicly talking to all of the reporters at the Combine, has made it clear he's had no contact with Rodgers since the season ended. Nothing of consequence. He has no idea. He is no further along the process of knowing Rodgers' future than he was before. He also said, and Bubba, what did you just put up on my screen here about uh, from Gutekunst? This, this one is about Jordan Love. And, and, and so let's hear it together. Bubba, just put this up here. This is Brian Gutekunst talking about Jordan Love. We're excited about him. You know, I think you know, I've expressed to a lot of people that he needs to play. That's the next step in, in his progression. Uh, he needs to play. But Jordan's done a great job, worked really hard. You know, so he's doing everything we're asking. He needs to play. Jordan Love needs to play. The Packers want to move on. Rodgers wants to move on. This is going to happen. If both sides are motivated for it to happen, it will. This is the franchise that traded Brett Favre. The, 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 the Patriots did not trade Tom Brady. The Colts did not trade Peyton Manning. The, the Packers traded Brett Favre because they were ready to move on. And now they're clearly ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So who are the teams that are motivated to go get him? We know about the Jets. We know about the Raiders. There are, I'm certain, other teams that will become involved that we don't know about. But more importantly, what does Rodgers want? That's what this is going to come down to as much as anything. You're going to say to me, Greeny, he doesn't have a no contract, a no trade clause. I'm going to say to you, yes, he does. For all intents and purposes, he does. No team is trading for Aaron Rodgers unless they know from him that he wants them to. The Jets aren't trading for Rodgers to have him show up reluctantly. And neither is Vegas and neither is Atlanta or Carolina or anybody else. Now, would the Packers be willing to trade him within their own conference? Seems less likely but maybe you get to a point where you have no choice. So does that mean what? Washington? San Francisco? God help us if he winds up there. Tampa? There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. But we all know which one I'm most interested in. And it feels today more real than it ever has at any point. Because what could easily have happened today is the GM of the Packers could have got up there and said, yes, Aaron and I have been talking, he's coming back, and we're here to put the best team we can together around him. He could have said that. There's absolutely nothing that has kept Rodgers from when he came out of his dark room texting the Packers or calling the Packers and saying, I'm in, let's go. And there's nothing stopping the Packers from telling us that. 
candidly, it would probably make their lives a lot easier. But that's not what happened because it isn't the case. Rodgers wants out of Green Bay and the Packers are motivated to move on. So he's going to play somewhere else. Now, I will throw one word of caution into all this and I hate to do it because, you know, no one wants to see this happen more than I do. But I will pass along a word of caution. When I was in uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale, for the Super Bowl, I was there to do NBA stuff, but I was there during the Super Bowl. I talked to a ton of people. And as you can imagine, I was asking a lot of them about Rodgers. And multiple people whose opinions I regard said to me, Greeny, do not discount the possibility that he retires. That despite all the money that sits on the table, that Rodgers is a just a sort of a unique breed of cat, if you will, and that as crazy as it may sound to leave $59 million on the table, that he might just retire. I'm not telling you that I think that's what's going to happen. By no means am I reporting that I'm hearing it's going to happen. I'm telling you, people are warning me that that is one of the things that's on the table. There were three outcomes from this, that he plays in Green Bay again, that he plays somewhere else, or that he retires. In theory, all three of them remain on the table, but I think playing in Green Bay feels less likely right this minute than it did when we woke up this morning. If we believe he's going to play again at all, that just leaves one option. So where's it going to be? What's going to happen? What a fascinating scenario this sets up to be. Cam, what do you expect? Um, I, I honestly think it's I think I think it's Jets or Raiders. I know we keep hearing that, but I don't know which one it is. But I think I think he's moving on, and I think he's moving on to a team in the AFC. If you're Rodgers, and your motivation is to win the Super Bowl, so Aaron Rodgers is on a long list of quarterbacks with one Super Bowl ring. The list of quarterbacks with two Super Bowl rings is a lot shorter. Now, bear in mind, Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer and has been forever. He could have retired years ago and been a first ballot Hall of Famer. So that's not his motivation. But I do think that he's a person who is cognizant of how he is regarded and of his place when it is ultimately put in historical context. So let's just live in a world where we think Rogers' primary motivation is where do I give myself the best chance to do what Brady did, to go someplace new and win it immediately. If, you're, if that's your motivation, Cam, which of those two teams, the Jets or the Raiders, are you choosing? For sure, the Jets. And keep in mind, Matthew Stafford did the same thing. So we had two years in a row where a team uh, quarterback went to a new team, immediately won. That's true. Now, Stafford was not anywhere near a player of the magnitude. Right that Rodgers and Brady are, but he was a guy who was already, I think, tracking towards being, well, let's put it this way, at least Hall of Fame consideration. I'm not even sure he's a Hall of Fame lock now, but he certainly has a much, much, much better chance with a Super Bowl win. But maybe that's the best argument you can make. If you're Rodgers, you want to separate yourself from Matt Stafford and you want to put yourself in a conversation with Rodgers Staubach. I wonder if he wants to separate himself from Brett Favre, too. Like, I don't know what the relationship is between Aaron and Brett. We know about all the challenges that existed at the beginning. And 
some people have said to me over the course of time, you think he really wants to go do what Favre did, go to New York right after the Packers? I don't know. Maybe he does. Like Maybe he wants to go there and do what Brett couldn't. He's a better player than Brett Favre ever was. But he never won. He didn't win more championships in Green Bay than Favre did. In fact, he led them to one fewer Super Bowl than Favre did. Maybe that bothers him. Maybe the idea of retracing those steps from Favre and doing one better than Favre did, maybe that appeals to him. I don't know one way or the other. I have no idea what their relationship is now. Um, you know, last you've heard, Favre says nice things about Rodgers, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And and obviously there are a lot of other things going on with him now that have nothing to do with this. So that may have nothing to do with anything. But one way or another, I, I feel like it is moving in that direction. The momentum is moving in that direction, and it's going to happen pretty quickly. And then I think all the rest of the musical chairs will fall into place. There are two huge shoes that have to drop in football free agency. And Rodgers isn't a free agent, but let's just call it that for a, a, a catch-all term. And and one shoe belongs to Aaron Rodgers and the other shoe belongs to Lamar Jackson. And something is going to happen with both of them. Now, what that something is might very well be they both wind up back in the places that they were this past year. There's certainly every chance that Lamar Jackson winds up playing for the Ravens again this year with or without a long-term contract. But I actually think if you had, if you made me bet on it right now, I had to bet an amount of money that mattered to me, I would bet that both – Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson play for new teams this coming year. And if so, both of those, I think, are going to happen in the next two weeks. Those moves. So we are entering a fascinating moment in time in the NFL. As we continue, Charles Barkley had a lot of really interesting things to say here yesterday. We will hear those and a special guest. My buddy Michael Kay is going to jump in as well as we roll along. You are listening to Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Delighted that you are with us. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Again, a lot of time spent on the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. The News coming out of the Combine. Fascinating, and we'll certainly keep a close eye on all of that, and we'll continue talking about it as we go. By the way, if you're still overpaying for a razor in this economy, that's gross. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. Dollar Shave Club is available at a store near you in the men's razor aisle. That's it. That's the ad. Uh, so while we were on yesterday, actually at this time yesterday, uh, while we were here on the radio, Charles Barkley was on first take with Stephen A., And there were some interesting things that were said in that conversation that I wanted to play for you. None of them as interesting as the one time I asked if he could hear me and his response made no sense. Bubba, do you happen to have that handy? Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. (laughs) Bubba, that remains the single funniest thing in all the years. I mean, I've been on the radio since I started in radio in 1991. So how many years is that? 32 years? I'm not sure that anything quite that funny, when you know the story of how it happened, because he did not hear me. He was responding to someone else. (laughs) That's so great. But the timing of that is completely authentic. We did not edit it in any way. Play it again. Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love the two-second pause in between is so great. (laughs) he He was talking to someone else. I cannot. He could not hear me. But he said, I cannot. And so you can only imagine. Do we have the whatever happened after that? Because I'm sure I said, well, what sense does that make? How is it possible? That's all we got. How is it that if I, there were very few things that can happen in life that make less sense than me saying to you, can you hear me? And you saying, I cannot. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I anyway, that was hilarious. So no, nothing like that happened on the show yesterday. But he was talking about um, load management, which continues to be, An issue in basketball that, look, I've told you already, I throw up my hands on this. I'm not talking about it anymore. I'm not not bringing it up here. I've given up. So I will play what other people say. But I have been on this campaign about it forever, and I have been shouted down, and I'm just not going to sit here and talk about it anymore because everyone has told me that I need to give it up. But if Charles Barkley, one of the greatest players of all time, is talking about it, then it feels like we should 
be playing it. So uh, is that the 27-second one I have over here? Is that, is that what that is? Okay, so here's Barkley yesterday with Stephen A. talking about, um, about load management. I think he kind of went overboard trying to take care of the players. He's trying to do everything possible to get these guys rest. But you can't make $34 to $50 million and then sit out games. I think it's disrespectful to the game. I think it's disrespectful to the fans. We go have guys making $70, 80000000 million a year. And you can't play basketball three or four days a week. I mean, listen, it ain't like we should work it in a steel mill, brother. So that's Charles's perspective. And I know that the modern day era uh, of player has a totally different feel about it. Um, I continue to say that the biggest issue here is not the owners. They're getting what they want. The, the, the contracts that are going to come in for the TV deals are going to be enormous. They're, they're, the owners aren't worried about this. They're not losing any money as a result of it. This is not about the media. It's not about what people like me think of it. It's not about the TV partners. It's about the fans. All I can do is picture myself. Like when my kids were little, I would take them to games every once in a while. And it was so exciting. And we would spend so much time getting excited about it. The experience of going to see a game is not just about the two and a half hours you spend at the game, but it's about you tell your kids you got the tickets three weeks before the game, a month before the game, whenever it is you get the tickets. And you spend all this time excited. Oh, look, we're going to go see Steph Curry. We're going to go see your favorite player, Steph Curry. You got your Steph Curry jersey. We're going to go see him. And, and, and we're so excited to go see him. And you spend weeks being excited about that. And then you go to that game, however much money you spent on it, whether it was $50 or what it is in most cases now, which is hundreds and in many, in any cases, thousands of dollars to buy these tickets and you go and he's not playing. Now, in the case, in the momentary case of Steph Curry, he happens to be legitimately hurt. So that's not a good example of what I'm talking about. But there were multiple games this year where the Warriors just sat Steph, Clay. Draymond and Andrew Wiggins. They set the entirety of the reason you wanted to go to that game in the first place. And having been the dad of those kids who had to sit there through that game, I just don't know why you would ever buy tickets again. I don't know why you wouldn't feel permanently disrespected by the sport and turned off. And creating bad feelings amongst your customers to me is just a bad idea. So I understand that it's not having, I don't believe it's having a tangible impact on their bottom line, but there are things that should matter even if they don't make financial difference. That's what I think of this. Again, I'm not going to go into a soliloquy. Charles also talked about KD and KD. I saw responded on Instagram um, to the post. They posted first take posted, what Charles and Stephen A. were saying about KD and his legacy and how he needs to win one without the Warriors. And KD responded because that's what KD does. He fires back and he said something about being tired of this whole conversation. One way or another, here's what Charles had to say. We're excited about him. You know, I think, you know, I've expressed to a lot of people that he... I just hit the wrong sound bite. That's my bad. Here's what Charles had to say. If you go back and look at LeBron, who I really admire and respect, he said this. I did not say this. He says, I had to win a championship without Dwayne to get old heads respect. Kobe Bryant said this too. He says, I have to win a championship without Shaq 
to get these old heads off my back. I, I hold Kevin Durant to the same criteria. Mm. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what the fan says. I'm talking about old guys like myself who went through the trenches. Kevin Durant going to have to before. Like, hey, he's all-time great. But when it comes to being mentioned with some of these other guys, he's going to have to win a championship where he's the leader of the team and he's the best player. So I think a lot of people feel that way. Now, he was the best player on those Golden State teams that won. It's an interesting debate whether he is historically the greatest player who was on those teams, because you could make a pretty good argument right now that Steph Curry's place in the history of the game is above Kevin Durant's place. But to be clear, that's an opinion. It's not a statement of fact. They're incredibly close to each other one way or the other. But... um, Steph, I mean, uh, Kevin Durant was the most, he was the MVP of both of the finals and he was the best player on those teams at the time that he was on them. Um, But he joined a team that won 73 games. You don't need me to go through all this again. We don't need to relitigate it. I do think that that Charles is obviously right. The old heads, if you will, of the NBA and even old fart fans like me feel that way, that it will be a lot more. The, The championship that Giannis won in Milwaukee to me, counts more than the two championships that they won in Golden State during that time. LeBron's championship in Cleveland counts more than the two that he won in Miami. And when, when you're talking about a player's historical context. I, I write a great deal about that in my book. That's exactly what this book is about. If you like this kind of conversation... I settle a hundred arguments for you in all of this. I'll mention again quickly. The book is called Got Your Number. It is available anywhere that you order books right now. The author is me. Hembo did the research. We assign the number from one to a hundred to someone or something in sports history. Not all of them are uniform numbers. In fact, probably only about half of them are. And the rest of them, we created numbers for individual sport athletes. Do you think Serena Williams needs to be in the book? Do you think Tiger Woods needs to be in the book? Do you think Jack Nicklaus needs to be in the book? Do you think Roger Federer needs to be in the book? Uh, Do you think race car drivers, in some cases they do, of course, have numbers, need to be in the book? There's place for all of them. We had to make 100 decisions, and the book is called Got Your Number, and it's available anywhere you order books right now. And uh, I put a link up at the top, pinned to the top of my uh, Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny, if you're interested. It's as easy as can be. You can order it from wherever you want by clicking on that link. But anyway, that's exactly what this book is about. Does Kevin Durant get a number? Does Steph Curry get a number? In the book, you will find out. And where Durant's place is and and exactly how we should define his place in the history of the game. I think it will be impacted significantly if he wins another title going forward. Now, you want to argue about whether joining a team that has Devin Booker and Chris Paul on it already? feels a little similar to what he did in Golden State. It is it is a little similar, but it isn't the same thing. All right, a lot to get to with my buddy Michael Kay. We'll talk to him when he joins us live in just a moment after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop on by. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, Granny with you here on ESPN Radio as we roll along this tweet from Adam Schefter just a few minutes ago. It's not uh, particularly newsworthy because I don't think this is a surprise, but... As these general managers at the Combine continue talking, they're saying things that are worth hearing. Bears general manager Ryan Poles said the team will do its homework on all the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft, but the plan is to have Justin Fields as its starting quarterback this season. That's the same thing as saying nothing. (laughs) He would say that no matter what. He basically said, yeah, we're good with Fields, but we're good with another quarterback if we need to. We are open for business. Mel has a, a mock draft out today where he has the Bears trading down twice and still getting Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. I'm here to tell you if that happens, that's the Bears' dream come true. That's as good as it could possibly turn out. What is my dream come true? Well, we may be about to find out pretty soon. And let me bring in one of my buddies here. So Michael Kay has been hosting the best radio show in New York forever now on 98.7 ESPN New York with um, Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg. And Michael, I will ask you the following question as you get set to come in here and deal with Stephen A. on Thursday on First Take. I would ask you this question uh, because we are the home of the New York Jets on our station in New York and you frequently do, uh, you know, the weekly interview with some of the stars of the team or in your case with the coach of the team. Are you ready for a weekly interview with Aaron Rodgers if he becomes the coach of the Jets? I think the uh, quarterback, excuse me, of the Jets. Well, here's what I've done, Greeny, uh, just to prepare for that. I think you're going to appreciate it. I have gone out and I bought like five or six black T-shirts without sleeves so I can almost channel Pat McAfee. I'm ready. I don't know if LaGreca and and Rosenberg are ready, but uh, I'm ready with the the sleeveless T-shirt. If you haven't been following what's happened today, the bottom line is that the Packers GM, Brian Gutekunst, um, has commented for the first time and said that he has had no contact, basically, with Rodgers. They haven't said anything to each other. 
and that the Packers will need to know by the time free agency starts, which is two weeks from tomorrow, you know, what their plans are going to be going forward. And when asked if he wants Rodgers back, his response began with, he's a great player, which for the first time, this really feels real to me now, Michael, that it, when, my, when Aaron Rodgers came out of that dark room, he could, there was nothing stopping him from informing the Packers, yeah, I'm back, I'm in, I want to keep playing, and, and let's, let's go forth and, and prosper, and there's nothing stopping the Packers from telling us that. So the fact that that isn't what happened suggests that what we suspected is the truth, that Rodgers is ready to move on, and that the Packers are ready to move on from him. So this gets interestinger and interestinger as we go, Michael. You know, I was listening to you earlier. The one thing that would shock me is if he just walked away from $60 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Warren Buffett would bend over on the, uh, on the sidewalk to pick up $60 million. I can't see him doing that. So then it comes down to where he wants to be traded. But I want to ask you a question, Greeny. Yeah. You don't think that this is going to happen to the Jets if they get him? I mean, this is, this is who he is. There's drama every single place he goes. So after one year, there'll be the whole darkness retreat thinking what I want to do. You, you're up for that. Is that right? You're up for that. Are we doing it right after a parade? That's the question I'm asking uh, you. You think you're going to get a parade going through Mahomes and, and Burrow and, and, uh, and Allen? Uh, even if they get Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure they get a parade. I mean, they might win a playoff game, but that's a lot of, uh, a lot of capital to get through to get to that parade. I get it. But then unless you're getting Mahomes or Burrow or Allen – then the alternative is giving up. Like, you got to right. try and beat those guys. I get it. I mean, the AFC is a brutally tough place to come right now. If you're Rodgers, maybe you look at that and you say, I don't want to deal with that gauntlet. But if you're the Jets, you you, you got to get someone and you got to play. And in my opinion, I said this earlier too, Michael, it is no matter what you do, it's going to be fraught with at least some risk, right? Like signing any free agent is fraught with risk. Drafting someone, Lord knows we've seen how that has worked out in recent years. It comes with risk. Every Anyone you get is going to come with some risk. I'd rather at least get the guy that I know has been one of the greatest players ever. Like, like there is some certainty that comes with that. And I get that he's unpredictable and I get that he may be very difficult and, 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 and I get that it might completely blow up in their face. But it feels like if you're going to try and catch lightning in a bottle, let it be someone who's been as good as this guy has been. I would agree, and I've always said that talent is the greatest deodorant. So whatever is his negative or the fact that he turns people off, he is one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Uh, I think it's – I don't want you to get mad at me. I think it's a little overblown that the Jets are like one step away from the Super Bowl. I think they're a long way away from the Super Bowl, even with Rodgers. But he would definitely get them into the playoffs – if they had even an average quarterback this year, they would have gone to the playoffs. But I don't know if they have enough firepower to get to the Super Bowl. Compare them to teams like the Eagles and the, and the Chiefs and even the Bengals. I'm not sure they're there. That's probably right. But the, you need to start taking steps in the right direction. They, they have good pieces. Maybe they don't have Super Bowl pieces yet. Maybe we'll actually get lucky enough to find out. Greeny and, and Michael Kay, who's going to be in here in our studios on Thursday to debate uh, Stephen A. Smith on First Take. We'll talk about that in a minute. But most people around the country who may not know your talk show know you as the voice of the Yankees for multiple generations now. So I'm really curious to hear your perspective 
on the pitch clock. You saw the big fiasco that it turned into over the weekend. Twitter went crazy when that one game had the you know the batter get the call strike three and everything else without my uh, sort of influencing the conversation at all. What do you think of the pitch clock and the way it's being implemented so far? Love it. Baseball needs it. And for those that say, you know, you're ruining baseball, what you're doing is you're bringing baseball back to the glory years of the 50s, 60s, and 70s when games took two hours and 35 minutes. And it's not about length of game, Greeny. It's never been about that. It is absolutely about pace of play. So last year in Major League Baseball, there was a ball put into play, put into play every four minutes. So just imagine how much dead time, and then you have the three true outcomes of the walk, the strikeout, and the home run. It's not an exciting brand of baseball. This is bringing baseball back to what it was. And for those that are freaking out about the Braves and the Red Sox game, I don't know. I just watched the Super Bowl that ended on a penalty. So if you commit a penalty, you commit a penalty. If you do it with two outs in the ninth inning, you did it with two outs in the ninth inning. Be better. Know the clock is running. Don't get that called on you. I agree with you completely. And and look, here's the thing, Michael. You and I are now both getting to an age where, you know, we are older fans. And and so I I understand there are plenty of people our age who don't like any kind of change and who are resistant to this and who will say to us, the beauty of the game forever has been that it does not have a clock. But here's the way, here's what I would say to them. And I actually did this earlier this morning. If you didn't, if you were a baseball fan, if you were a traditionalist and you just said it perfectly, Michael, If they didn't know there was a pitch clock, they would love the pitch clock. They will love what the game looks like with the pitch clock if they didn't know that this was what they loved. Because when the game moves along more quickly, when you're not subjected to sitting through 23 minutes or whatever it is of people adjusting their batting gloves and scratching themselves, um, what what will result is a game that more resembles the game that they fell in love with in the first place. You actually said it better than I just did. If... The point I'm trying to make is even the people who think they don't like the pitch clock actually do like it. They just don't realize it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And what bothers me, I don't think there's anybody in the world that loves baseball more than I do. There might be people that love it just as much, but not more. And I've always been just, I've been blown away that people make baseball out to be church or religion. Every other sport, every other one has drastic changes in their rules as they try to evolve and be more modern and be better and increase scoring. Baseball changes something, and it's act- actually as if you moved the Sistine Chapel to another city. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's the same thing with Hall of Fame voting in baseball. In, 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 the, in the NFL, Greeny, it's like a skull and bone session. We don't even know what goes on, how these guys get in. Mm-hmm. Baseball, they debate it, and they go over and over, and they pour over these stats. It's not church. It's entertainment. And when it stops being entertainment, if you could watch baseball over the last five years and say there's not something broken there, then you're lying to yourself. And for those that are older, for those like the two of us that are starting to get AARP in the mail, you've got to realize they've got us. No matter what they do to the game, Greeny, they have us. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get the 20-year-old. They're trying to get my son, who's eight years old, whose father does the games on yes, and he doesn't watch them. He gets up in the morning and watches highlights because he tells me the game's too slow. Those are the people they have to get. One day we're going to go away. We're going to be dust. They need to keep this game alive. And these moves actually do that. Greeny and Michael K. No, I agree with you. You're right. What I'm trying to say in addition to that 
is that I think even the older fans who think they don't like this idea are going to like it um, if, if, they, if you didn't display it. Now, when you guys are doing the games on Yes, because I haven't seen any of this yet. I mean, I haven't sat down and watched yet. Um, I assume the clock will be on the screen. Like, we're going to see it. So you're going to see it counting down. It's going to be impossible to avoid. But... What I'm trying to say is that even the older fans like us, if they didn't see the clock, they would like the result of it. They would like. I, I agree. Right? They would like what the I agree. clock is going to be. The last we we just did the last two Yankee games on yes. So the first game was two sixteen, and last night was two twenty three, and that was a game that was eight to five. It was two twenty three. Mm-hmm. There is a decided difference in the way the game is played, and the players are going to be able to accept it. And I think everybody who's saying, well, the pitchers are going to have a hard time with this. No, no. The pitchers now gain an advantage. The hitters are going to have a hard time with it because they're the ones that preen up there and change the batting gloves and open up the Velcro, and they want to walk slowly up to the plate with their, their walk-up music. They're the ones that are going to have to adapt. But you know what? They'll be able to do it. They're world-class athletes. These are the new rules, and you have to live with them. Oh, 100%. Let me ask you about that part of it, because I did see Max Scherzer saying that he loves it. Again, a, a star pitcher, for those who don't know, um, that, that he loves it and that he thinks it will give him more control out there of the entirety of the situation. But I am interested in this. You believe that that at least initially the advantage will go to the pitchers rather than the hitters based on the pitch clock? I do. I think it's going to go against relief pitchers, and I'll tell you why in a moment. But the starting pitcher is like Scherzer. So the batter has to be in the batter's box with his eyes facing the pitcher with eight seconds left on the 15-second clock. Mm -hmm. The pitcher already knows what he's going to throw. So he could stand there and hold the ball for eight seconds before he goes into his motion. No batter likes to stay in the box for eight seconds. He's going to get anxious, and that's going to play against him. Now, it'll play against relief pitchers, that are hard throwers that have to reset and gain the power again. And I think baseball wants that. That's part of the plan because they want people to put the ball in play. They don't want everybody throwing 100 miles an hour. So if you make pitchers pitch quicker, they cannot reset as quickly and get the power to throw that hard. The one thing I worry about with this, and I think it's going to come into play in really important parts of the game, if there's 15 seconds or 20 seconds of a guy on base, the, the, the guy in the dugout, the manager, has to give the sign to the third base coach. The third base coach has to go through all the gyrations, and he has to get the, uh, the sign to the batter. I think sooner or later, the batters are going to have to have earpieces, and you're going to have to do it uh, aud- audibly or um, in some way talk to the batters where, because you just don't have time to disguise signs and give them out like that. That's going to be a problem when the games start to count. Maybe they'll pass that message along by banging trash cans, Michael. That, that, I've heard that works. You know what? It eliminates the whole trash can. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> the, the great Michael Kay is with me here. So you're coming in here on Thursday. I've not seen, well, I saw you at the Nick game a couple of weeks ago, but I've not seen you here in our building in a long time. But you were coming down to debate Stephen A. Smith on Thursday. What are we looking forward to about that? Well, you know, I'm a little anxious, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go after hard. Let's see, let's see what he has. Uh, they they want to talk some baseball. They haven't told me specifically what we will be debating, but I'm armed and ready. So, Let's go. Let's do this. And I'll say hello to you on the on first take. Yeah. Or uh, on get up. I'm yeah. sorry. No, absolutely. No, you come on by. So we'll see you here on Thursday and uh, and we'll have a little fun again. Michael Kay, you hear him afternoons on ESPN Radio New York. You see him at the Yankee games, obviously. And on Thursday, he goes head to head, tete a tete with the great Stephen A. Smith. Michael, it's a pleasure. Thank you. I'll see you soon.
All right. Thanks a lot, Greeny. Be well. All right. That's Michael Kay. I'm glad he said that. What, what I'd really like to find, in all honesty, Bubba, I want to find someone who disagrees. I'll send a text to Costas because I haven't heard from him on this. So I think he's on our side of this too. Like the one thing I pride myself on on this show is that I'm not going to yell and scream at you if you disagree with me. I mean, if you say something completely ridiculous, maybe. But if you say, Greeny, I understand someone saying that through the history of the sport, the the beauty of baseball has been that there is no clock. And I don't like the fact that there is one. And, you know, a columnist named Bernie Lincecum in Chicago once said to me, the beauty of baseball is all the things that happen in between the action, not the action itself. And I get it. I don't see it that way. I obviously don't. This is obviously is not my position, but I can understand that there are reasonable people who see this differently. Bubba, who do we know who is in that category that we can call and get on tomorrow or, or some point soon? Because I'd like to I'd like to debate this. Everyone keeps agreeing with me. Your mic is not on. I'm not hearing Bubba. I can see that he's talking, but I'm not hearing it. Um, yeah, I, I was. I missed your question here. I'm saying it again. <laughs> <laughs> so let's analyze what just happened. I just gave a lengthy and and fascinating. Insightful question. Now your mic is off again. I don't know what I'm is. I'm talking go- to Cam. My, when my mic's on, I, I'm, I got the mic control. Don't worry. Okay. Well, I, I mean, at this moment, I'm not sure your mic being on is as good a thing as you think it is. Yeah. Considering I just asked you a question, you didn't hear it. Sure. Is there anyone out there that we know who would be interested in talking to this week who disagrees with this? We keep finding people. Buster agreed with it. Jeff Passan agreed with it. Right. Michael Kay agreed with it. Jesse Rogers agreed with it. I need someone who's on the other side from me on this. I think even Hembo agrees with it. Hembo is, I mean, I, I can't even. I don't if, even know his take on it. I don't know. Hembo is the oldest baseball fan we know. When he comes so, back from paternity leave, is he going to know the names of his children? I, I mean, we, we can only hope. All right. We'll continue discussing it tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.